With them, they look so beautiful. I mean, the ficus, the different elasticas that we've got at the moment with the pink foliage and the dark black colors and with the red going through their margins. You know, you just think, oh, this is a plant that you want to have in your home. Find a little nook or cranny in the garden at this time of the year when things are a little bit hectic and you can have a little bit of peace and, like you say, listen to the birds and the bees. Hi, I'm Melanie Walker and this is Grounded. If gardening is your passion, this is the place to be to find out about what's happening in the gardening world. And yes, it's another maddening, <laughs> I say maddening because it's Melon Mike, the mad Melon Mike, talking about all things green and gorgeous and, and about life in a garden. And, and life, turkey. Life <laughs> is a garden. <laughs> I'm not going to gobble. Sorry, I was gobbling before. We, I was doing piggy noises and gobbling noises. And with, I mean, why not? We can talk, I mean, a farmyard, animals, art in nature, eating plants. Mulch, fertilizers. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Chicken poop. Going Compost. organic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard they're excellent insecticides. Chickens love to nibble on all the little grubs and things that are in your garden. And they don't eat too many of your plants either. Yeah, that's an absolute lie, Harry. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> Life is a garden. No, that is a lie. I had what? four chickens in my garden and they pecked at everything. They uprooted no. everything. And as for bunnies, I had two bunnies as well. What noise do bunnies make? I heard my kids making bunny noises on They make table. munching noises. They just munch. They yeah. munched all my echeveria, all my succulents. They went through everything. I was going to say, we have scrub hares and they, they come off everything. the river and they come in to eat in the nursery. And we've tried cayenne pepper. It's not, they just thought it was extra spices for their <laughs> <laughs> grasses, so that wasn't great. And now we try and um, oh, garlic. You know, we're making a little concoction yeah. that we spray in our grasses with to try and keep them away. But the best would if you just put up a better fence. You're giving them foodstuffs, <laughs> Kerry, and, and I, I think they're looking at some gourmet stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> thanks what? for all the liquor flavors. Oh, I think, I think turkey, <laughs> turkey, stuffing, sage. There we go. Let's grow lots of sage. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew that Carrie would like that. So, yes, I mean, we do do this thing where we talk about what is coming up in mm-hmm. the coming month and what is best to do and what you can do with kids in the garden and what is looking good in the garden. And I mean, let's just put it this way. In summertime in South Africa, everything looks glorious, does it not? At the moment, things are looking fantastic. And I think it's difficult being a landscaper right now because you don't really know what to put in these gardens. You want to put everything in. You're like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like um, I think at, at some stage with another guest we were talking about buying the plants first and then putting them into the garden mm, which as, you opposed can't do. To, as opposed to designing and then putting them into the design. But, you know, a lot of people do. They, they, they're impulse buyers. They go, they grab a trolley, they go home with all these plants. They say, where am I going to put all these things? Yeah. Well, I, I sit there and I say to everybody, you know, have you gardened before when I'm helping them? And they go, no, a little bit. And what kind of space have you got? What is your soil? Like, no, well, we haven't done anything with the soil. I'm like, before I allow you to buy any plants, mm. you are buying compost and you're going to get the right kind of fertilizer. Yeah. That's it. That's the way it goes. Now we'll talk plants. Shop with a notebook. Yeah. And I think it's really important what Life as a Garden was talking about this month is looking at patio gardens mm. and vertical gardening. But when you have your patios, you've got walls and then your light falls completely differently to what you expect. Yes. So if you haven't actually had a look and seen what, what gets sun where on your patio, your plants are just going to look terrible. So it's definitely advisable to maybe not shop with your eyes straight away because you might be disappointed. And just sit on your balcony, enjoy it, see where the sun comes, and then go to the garden center and say, this is where I get light, this is when I don't get light, and how can you help me out? Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. I mean, I know my own front garden, the one side is completely deep shade and the other side is absolutely boiling hot and a sun trap of note. So I've got a whole range of just shady plants on the one side, Yeah. okay, which would just completely freck if they're on the other <laughs> side of the garden. And the other side of the garden is my succulent collection. Yeah. And in this little um, courtyard area. So those are the things that, you know, a lot of people don't know when they go into a garden center. They're just, I want those. I need succulents. I mean, I have everybody saying to me, um, can we grow our succulents inside? I'm like, yeah, if you've got a, a fairly nice windowsill or, you know, oh, no, but I've got a, a balcony and it's covered. I said, well, how much sun does it get? Yeah. And they say, oh, yeah, no, it gets some sun in the morning. I'm like, Mm, I'd maybe look at looking at something else that will handle a lot more kind of um, non-light. Yeah. <laughs> maybe like your air plants. I mean, what's trending yeah. at the moment is all the wonderful air plants. And I saw some of the bromeliads, not air plants, but similar varieties, mm. which have beautiful, beautiful flowers on. And people have been so creative. They're putting them in picture frames and all sorts of interesting things. So you've got a plant on your wall, but it's actually living and yet it's framed. Mm. And if you do have a more shady spot, that's probably quite advisable compared to your very sunny, which you then could put a, I mean, we planted up a picture frame and we put a whole lot of different succulents, mm. but then it was obviously on the very full sun, hot, and we didn't have to water it much, which was great. You just take it off the wall once. Yeah. A, if you got it in a pallet type thing, you just take mm. it off once a, a week and soak it on the ground and then put it back up again. That's yeah. what I do with mine. All this comes comes around to understanding, what we always say, it's, it's understanding what things mean. And, you know, what is the difference between full sun, uh, dappled shade, Bright light. I mean, what does bright light mean? You know, <laughs> what does what does medium light mean? Yeah, yeah. and it's it's all a case of a understanding first of all what that means or getting a feel for it, and b asking somebody that knows. And I think the, the second yes. part is the most important part: is saying, you know, take the guesswork out of it and talk to people. You know, yes. go to the people that that, and, and I fully subscribe to this whole condition your soil and stuff first. <sighs> Yes. Um, you know, to a lot of people, that's just an afterthought. And I think it's it's essential. So, you know, these are the kind of things we're saying, you know, go do the hard yards first, speak to the people that know, understand what they all mean, yeah. that there are certain plants that just don't like certain areas. And, and maybe accept the fact that you maybe you don't have that space for that plant. Well, I gave yeah. exactly that uh, um, advice to somebody I was speaking to on a radio station. And she said, my succulents are looking so miserable. And she doesn't, she's also got just a bit, she says, I got them yeah. on the windowsill. I said, well, it could be that they're actually just getting too hot behind glass. Yes. So I said, what you should do, though, is go and take those succulents to a garden center and go and ask the people. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I can't see the pictures of you. I don't see pictures. <laughs> of, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what plants they are. She, I said, what kind of succulent? I don't know. Yeah. I said, well, just take it into a garden center. I'm telling you, people are only too happy in the green industry to share their knowledge. And that's what Carrie is always here yes. to do with us. Yeah. So it's also particularly important now when we're starting to get hot is not only the condition of your soil, but to add, you know, when you're doing containers or balcony gardening, maybe some water saving granules mm. or coir, something that's going to hold onto that water a little bit longer. Because I think most people are so busy and then they only think about watering their gardens once a week if we're lucky. And hopefully it's not when, you know, it's boiling hot, they should be following because we're still under water wine restrictions. Mm. But if you have some of those granules in, or I like to use coir, then it just keeps the plants moist and healthy and avail the water's available to them. Because a lot of people say, oh, I've used potting soil and the water just runs straight out. But even the potting soil these days has been enriched with coir yeah. and fertilizers to give the plants a really good start. So if people are using good soil medium, you know, they should have success with their plants. 
And then also go and ask the people, which potting soil should I use? I was about to say that it's become so, and, and I'm, I sort of mix my own now, depending mm-hmm. on the kind of plants and depending whether it's a seedling, a mm-hmm. succulent, a mm-hmm. bonsai, um, whatever the case may be. I think we have to be sensitive to the fact that there are certain plants that don't like that retention. Yes. They prefer the full drainage. Yeah. And that's another thing, go and ask. You know, go and ask an expert. Yeah. yeah. And the, uh, the suppliers of the soil have become also scientific. So you can buy a succulent mix, you know, from mm-hmm. a wi- wide variety of different suppliers. Good potting soil. We had a customer this morning, she'd planted um, cuttings, and now she wanted to move them from the germination into a new soil. So she bought seedling soil because that's what they are, the height of them and everything. Mm. And then she's going to move them into the flower bed with a compost. So in her pattern, she's going to use three different types of soil to get a successful plant. But then at least her plants are going to get, you know, her cuttings would give her 100% success. Mm. And it's because of the soils that she used. That's, that's quite amazing. That's the way to go. Yeah, mm. it is. And it, it's, it's, uh, it's, I think it's becoming increasingly, you say scientific, but it's, it's, it is. It's becoming increasingly um, that people are becoming sensitive to, you know, when we started studying, one of the first things we were told, well, look to see where the plant comes from. Look to see the growing conditions in nature. Mm. And if we do that, it, it's one of the easiest ways to answer most of the questions. Yeah. This thing comes from the Namib Desert. So do not plant it in a water garden. You know, and this is Fainbos. It comes from the Cape, which has got horrible, horrible soil, which drains very freely. And it doesn't like fertilizer. It doesn't actually. like fertilizer. It doesn't like good soil. Put mm. it in the absolute nonsense that you have maybe in your back patch somewhere and leave yeah. it alone. That's the way to go. So one of the plants that Life as a Garden was talking about is um, Arthropodium. Mm-hmm. It's a new plant, well, relatively new. I think it's been around for three or four years. But it almost looks, it's lush and green and it's got beautiful white star flowers. But it needs, um, a, yeah, I almost want to say like a formium because you're looking at mm-hmm. me puzzled. <laughs> I am, I'm trying to, what's its common name? New Zealand lily. There we go. And it actually performs in the shade. Mm. So it's this lovely green, but like a kind of a light green mm. leaf. And then star-shaped flowers, which are coming into bud and bloom now. And I know a lot of people have difficulty finding plants for the shade. So to me, this is one that, and it's very low maintenance. You know, that's what people are also looking for. So they up for succulents because they're low maintenance. They don't need a lot of care. Mm. Here's some of the indigenous plants, or that's not indigenous, but... You can find a lot of indigenous and exotic plants that are also low maintenance as long as you plant them in the correct soil at the correct time. And in the right light conditions as well. Mm. Makes it sound so thing. complicated. But it isn't. It's actually, it's, <laughs> it it's, isn't. it's a no-brainer, yeah. Yeah. especially if you ask somebody and they, I mean, I, the questions I get so I need to grow this lavender indoors. I'm like, <gasps> Sorry, no, you can't. They're like, why? I said, because it's an outdoor plant. Think about where it comes from. It's Mediterranean. Do you see them growing inside? No. They need well-draining soil. They need to be out of a pot generally, if you want to put it in the garden. So what can we put instead? So then you'll go through a whole bunch of stuff that you can use. But, I mean, people basically don't have a clue. They think that plants will grow anywhere, in any light conditions, in any kind of soil, and will flower all year round. That's the one thing I've gathered from people who haven't actually asked anybody before. So it's, it's quite a fascinating thing. And we, we are so used to it that it's just second nature. Yeah. That to realize that we have to start educating people again on how things work. And I also think what's interesting for me is we have a lot in the garden center is if people buy plants from your retail stores, not yeah. garden centers, then they don't mind if they die. 
So they would buy those little mini lavenders in 12 yes. centimeter pots and they give it as a present of something. That person then actually does go and put it in their home for maybe two or three weeks. Looks fine. And then it obviously starts suffering because of either too much water and not enough light, all of that. Mm -hmm. And then they either bring it back to the garden center and say, I got this as a present from somewhere else. Can you help me revive it? Or they're happy to throw it away. And then if they buy it from a garden center, they would have got the right advice mm. on how to actually put it like, as you say, Mediterranean type conditions. So I also think you have to look at where your plants are. If you, even if you do get them from somewhere else, go and ask the garden centers for advice because they'll really give you the right information, whether we're you friendly. buy the plants there or not. We're friendly and we're used to be helping people, which is great. Yeah. And it's, and, and, and the right people sending the right product. That's mm. just the way it is. And, and this, this, this now becomes more complicated when you're not looking at plants in a garden, but plants in containers, yeah. because obviously now this is not the plant's natural habitat. If it is an indoor plant, it's in a relatively hostile environment, plant-wise. And speaking of plants, <laughs> they don't really like our air conditioners and all the stuff we Heaters put in. Heaters during winter. Dust and things dust. like that. So now it, it adds a new dimension. And you, people are increasingly being advised to do patio gardening. And you talk about vertical mm. planting and stuff. So so now they they have to put another sort of string in their bow, if you like. And, yeah. and they have to get more information. And they have to be more sensitive to the plant's needs. Which does make it that more challenging in even your choice of plants. Because you want them, I find with people, you want them to have success with gardening. So like you were saying earlier, they might choose something on, uh, daylily, mm. you know, which is actually one that you use for meadow planting. But because when you see that beautiful trumpet flower, whether it be orange, yellow, purple, especially at this time of the year, they're looking magnificent. Mm. And then you're thinking, well, that would be nice in a container on my patio. But it's only going to really look nice for maybe a day. That's what the flowers are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not called a daylily for nothing, but obviously you get more flowers, but then it's a bulb and it's going to die into itself and then come back. It's like the calla lilies. Yes. Actually, you know, everybody's loving the calla lilies at the moment, but they also last for maybe six weeks, eight weeks. And then that plant starts looking terrible and they're thinking, well, what did I do wrong? And yet if they knew a little bit about the plant and had asked about it when they went and bought it, they would understand that maybe they could take that bulb, put it outside somewhere where it's nice and damp, and then next year you'll get a surprise because all of a sudden you're going to have this beautiful calla lily flowering and you're going to be like, oh, where did I that forgot come I even planted it. Yeah, yeah I've had that happening in my, my garden quite a lot. I forget that I put stuff in and I suddenly go, where did that Zantadesia come from? It's dark purple. I don't remember having one of those in my garden. It's, it's the best. such a surprise. It's a wonderful <laughs> thing. Okay, now, Carrie, one thing I do know about you is that you may work with plants and grow vegetables, <laughs> but you don't particularly like eating them. Now, you were talking about daylilies, and I'm sitting and thinking, yeah, putting a daylily in a pot in my house is not a great idea because there wouldn't be any flowers because I eat them. Oh, my goodness. Daylily <laughs> flowers are wonderful. They taste like a sweet lettuce. They are awesome. <gasps> yeah. Really? You yes. never try. Well, you see, she won't eat plants. <laughs> oh, you eat chocolate, sorry. Chocolate's yeah, chocolate. your kind of plant. Chocolate is Absolutely. a vegetable. Absolutely. It is the best plant ever. <laughs> but, but Especially when it's mixed, mixed with milk and. Which of daylilies? You can't mix daylilies. Oh, I see chocolate. Let um, me tell you something, Kerry. Uh, the, the daylily to me is a mass plant plant. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't just have one. Yeah, and I, and I think this is something that people should. Should um, it's a precautionary almost. You, you sometimes mm -hmm. see plants in a mass planted environment that look great in a pot, yeah. and then you're disappointed when it doesn't. Yeah. And I think a lot of plants are like that actually. 
so I think you're right. You have to look at the landscape of where the plants are co- coming mm. from. Like this last weekend, we were in the Drakensberg and we got to see the Polygala vergatus. Mm. You know, the broom, purple broom or September bush. Some people, the metifolia is the September, September bush. Bells, yes. And it looked amazing because you just had these thin purple stalks, you know, sticking out in amongst the trees and the grasslands. Mm. And then when I see it in people's gardens, sometimes I think it looks a little bit space <laughs> yeah you're kind of like well there's no backdrop to it mm. and so you're very right when you you need to look at the plant and see you know if it is meant to be for a patio or for a pot but yeah or, as you said they're like meadow planting as well you mm. know the great swathes of daylilies or dietes mm. as well doesn't look just on its own but the other one is um ostromeria i mean mm. i see them and i don't want to see just one little plant on its own i want to see a whole kind of bed full of them because you get all the different colors and they look so amazing yeah and so the Alstroemeria now, I think the growers have realized that some of the tall flowering plants that maybe you would use for cut flowers, mm. they some people do want to either put them in containers or put them as a border. So we've got now the dwarf Alstroemeria. And of course, we're talking about so, Inca lilies or Aztec lilies or whatever. What well, else they, they, they do bunch them? better. Yeah. yeah. They do bunch better, the small ones. Yeah. yeah. And actually, we, we had a customer. She would have, she must have been listening to your show because <laughs> I want to say she um, took a whole trolley load of them, all the different colors out mm. this morning that she's going to go and plant on a verge. And it's going to look amazing. But even the pot, the smaller ones, because they're a dwarf variety, they actually could be suitable for a container as well as for in the garden. your borders and in the mm. garden, which is really quite nice. Um, the other thing with Alstroemeria, which I think is fantastic, is you can cut them and put them in a posy vase in your home if you want. You can, if you want. If you want. <laughs> I, I very rarely, very rarely take flowers out of the garden and put them inside, I have to be honest. Um, I have a child who likes cutting off various things and pressing them. Yeah. And she's, you know, just decided my Webster's dictionary is like the best thing to press <laughs> stuff in because it's huge. And, um, I mean, she likes bringing the flowers in from that point of view. And then she presses them and puts them up on the wall as dried flower arrangements. Oh, beautiful. But we don't, we have some green plants inside in the children's rooms. Of course, they're plastic. So <laughs> if you are killing even your air plants, which mine were flowering beautifully outside the other day, yeah. um, then go, there's some wonderful places that do sell plastic ones well, that look quite real. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. yeah. That's, that's like swear words in my ears. I know. I mean, really, plastic plants, It's that's terrible. Okay, you have okay, somebody who then. can't grow them, and we're trying to teach them to grow them. But, I mean, my, my, you know, some people just do kill air plants. How do you kill an air plant, for goodness sake? And they, just put in a very they kill bonsai, plant. and they kill succulents, and, you know, they're just useless. I took Spanish moss, um, which is the air plant as well, yes. and then I just put it in the bottom of a vase in my home, and then I just spray water it maybe once a week. And it looks great. And it's still grey. haven't managed to kill it just yet. Mm. Maybe we have to give some of those to your daughter. No, no, Daughters. we had those. They, they managed to kill those too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trust me. I say, <laughs> okay. who kills an air plant? I can tell you who. There are certain people that have that kind of talent. They can kill just about anything. You talk about Daiti's not being, but you can kill them. They can Seriously? Be Somebody managed to kill those? Yeah, I've seen plants murdered before. You know, sometimes you put a plant in a, a really the worst possible place you can find and say, well, this plant is so tough, it'll just cope. Plants still need water every now and then and something, you know. Yeah. And, you know, talking about the, the whole pot thing that you were on mm. about just now in, in terms of the, the, the plant dying down or whatever the case may be, South Africans are getting better at this, but they haven't always been good at planting up containers. Mm. And, and if you go overseas, you see, especially Europe, they're very good at their container planting. It's yes. because they plant lots of varieties in containers. Yeah. And so they allow for that. They mm. allow for a plant to die off and another one to come up in its place because they actually plant for that. So that's just another hot tip for people in terms of 
making your containers look good all the time. Yeah. When you say that, we actually had a Canadian speaker, Paul Zamet. He came and spoke to the industry recently. Mm-hmm. And he was surprised when he was walking around the different garden centers at the lack of container plants in terms of the variety. He says, you know, that's what they sell the most of there, is you'll have five different plants in a container and each one has its turn to shine, like you said. I think that's amazing. But I so said, we haven't quite got there yet. Like when we did, the customers kind of look at us and then they're like... I think we'll make our own decisions of what we want to put in our pots. Mm. And so it's how do you tell them, well, we've planted them for a reason that they will all look good at a certain time. And when, I know we're not on the beetroot yet, but just talking about patio plants is all the patio variety vegetables. Yes. So there's all the tumbler tomatoes. There's a honey nut squash. There's a little mini cucumber coming up yes. these days as well, which are great. And so, you know, even though you might ha- have a small space, you can still actually not me, of course, unless it's going to be <laughs> coated in chocolate. <laughs> but um, you could have a vegetable garden on your balcony just in pots. Mm. And, they, and they, I mean, I was looking in the nursery today. Those little honey nut squashes are awesome. They're actually like little yellow bells kind of hanging mm. off your plant. And I thought, oh, that's, that's stunning. You don't actually have to have all these beautiful flowering plants. You could actually have your vegetables. The chilies already are also looking really, Absolutely really lovely. Yeah. Our stuffed jalapenos were... I'll get, <laughs> I'm going to get her onto the beetroots. I mean, I'm just thinking that even if you only have a patio, I mean, um, I know Hideko has just brought out that uh, it's a potato planter bucket. <gasps> yes. But you can do your beetroot in there on a patio. I mean, mm. it, you know, it doesn't take up that much space. You can grow it in there. You can see how they're doing because you just lift it up and you can pull the soil away. Yeah. Um, and I mean, why not? And I will get you into loving beetroot i make the stuff called dragon's blood (laughs) it's with ginger and beetroot and some um, apple juice and a couple of other things and i tell you what it is like nectar it's sweet it's wonderful it's earthy all at the same time it is one of the best things you will ever ever taste my goodness me is that what you might be handing out next week on the 31st for Halloween, when people come to visit. <laughs> I will blood everybody with beetroot. I'll become the beetroot mistress. But yes. I've heard it's really good for detox. It is incredibly good for detox. And if you eat the leaves, I've never eaten the leaves you of a beetroot. You use it like a maroch, yeah, and like a spinach. Yeah, and it's a bit more mild than mm. actually some of your spinach or Swiss chards and that sort of thing. Mm. So I thought maybe I'll go and see what the guys have grown in their veggie gardens and actually take some of the leaves to try in a salad, see what it looks like. So, okay, beetroot is one of the things that we should be looking at this yes, month. What else sure. have you got apart from the Alstroemeria? Okay, then we've got Brachycomb, magenta. There's a new variety that's out. There's a really nice, colorful ground cover. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just these purple flowers that stand out all the time and look really, really awesome. Um, the plumbago, a mm. nice indigenous plant, very hardy. They were talking more about the Royal Cape one, which has got that, that dark vibrant blue. blue. Mm. Yeah, that really stands out and says, you know, please buy me. There's a new yucca out. When you talk about people who want to exactly, I can see the raised eyebrows here. <laughs> who would want to plant a um, yucca in their garden? Don't about yucca. They have their place. For those people who we were talking about who might who not be able to everything. grow anything. Yeah. You know, it's a, and because they're such a nice structural plant, if you had gardening in smaller spaces, some people are actually quite liking them at the moment, which surprised me a whole lot. What mm. is it? What is, I mean, what is different about the new yucca? It's a smaller one. It's got more, uh, it's called sapphire, so it's got a more blue-green leaf than the traditional one, so it's not a variegated. And I'm hoping its leaf is a little bit softer, because I know I've poked my eye out with the traditional <laughs> yucca before. I mean, they get, yeah. they, they do, they, 
you know, they, they don't just get tall, they also get very wide because they, they start wide. branching yeah. out everywhere and then you can't get in there to cut them because the leaves poke you. And all bulbous. Yeah. You know. so, but if you keep them in a container, surely the roots are confined and then the con- I've never Actually, seen no, I have got, I have got mm. an original yucca in one of my containers and it stayed quite small, but it has sprouted off two new ones, which I just keep pulling them off. And mm. I've, I've actually decided to pull all the yucca that I have in my garden out and go and take them to a friend of mine who doesn't look after his plants yeah. because he's managed to kill off everything in the pots. And I thought, I'm just going to pop those in those pots. I think that would be the ideal thing. And, you know, with containers, you actually have to contain the plants within the containers because a container does a bit of a job. Mm. I mean, I was up in Nelspret a few months ago and I saw a ficus lorata, but that it was a tree, whereas we sell them in these little 15 centimeter pots, the fiddlewood fig. And, you know, everyone puts them in their gardens and they're they, on Instagram and they're just the plant to have in your garden because they've got those lovely big mm. leaves. And so I really never imagined it as this six-meter tree with these massive big leaves on it. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, this is what, you know, could you imagine somebody who's putting it in their home and thinking, well, this is never really going to grow that big. Yep. And actually it grows to this massive plant. I mean, wow. It's that whole thing about (laughs) these are good trees for small gardens. Really? (laughs) Well, uh, it is something that that bears thinking about. And and we Mm. always talk about the plants that you maybe shouldn't just pop in your garden, you know, like bamboo Mm. and like the, the yucca, which can actually sometimes get out of control in terms of its dimensions. Yes. And so there are plants. Uh, I, I, funnily enough, I drove past someone the other day and I was in Sandringham and I drove past this ficus elastica in somebody's garden and it was enormous. It's did it just, say hello? It did. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It said hello. <laughs> you know, but the, with them, they look so beautiful. I mean, the ficus, the different elasticas that we've got at the moment with the pink foliage and the dark black colors and with the red going through their margins. You know, you just think, oh, this is a plant that you want to have in your home. Mm. And so you don't imagine that it's ever going to be that big. I mean, even us who are garden center people, it took my breath away. I thought, I can't, I can't get over this. One of the best ficuses I ever saw was down on the South Coast. And my husband, my father was still alive. He took me to see this because he was so amazed by it, that it had been a double garage. Okay. And they'd planted the ficus on the one side of the garage and it had grown all the way around the entire garage. But then they knocked the garage down and left the ficus there. Wow. It was one. It was absolutely phenomenal. I've, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I've got some pictures of it somewhere, but my goodness, I have never seen anything like that in my life. Just remembering yeah. that, of course, um, these all figs we're talking about, yes. and, and, and the figs have roots, <laughs> like seriously. <laughs> okay, not the one like I have in my house at the moment, which has been in the same pot for the last 30 years, and more than 30 years. I got it in 1984, 1985. I've never yeah. transplanted it. And wow. it's, it's still going strong. I don't know how. Touch wood, it yeah. keeps going like that. Yeah. Right. The other thing that Live of the Garden was talking about that might be worrying us at the moment is mosquitoes and how to use plants to combat them. Mm. But the thing is, people plant plants like the Mozzie the Citronella pelagonium, mm. and then they put it there, but they don't actually realize that you have to bruise the leaves, is the right terminology, yes. Yes. <laughs> to actually get it to release its scent. And maybe even putting some of the plants like lemon balm or basil is actually you take a few of the leaves and you rub them on your skin skin, instead of as a... But be careful if you've got the the lemongrass, you might actually decide that you've got an allergy too. So be careful in case you haven't checked before rubbing Mm. yourself against something like the lemongrass plant because you can come up with a horrible rash. Okay, so maybe you do it on the just on your wrist, the other side of the wrist first to taste. But I had a huge argument with this woman who came in with a leaf and said, I want this plant. So I said, oh, yeah, okay, lemon pelagonium. No, it's citronella. I'm like, no, it's a lemon pelagonium. And somebody else came along and said, no, it's a lemon pelagonium. No, it's not. It's a citronella. 
And then the boss came along and he said, no, that's a lemon pelargonium. <laughs> <laughs> so we went on this whole thing and said, well, you know, they call it citronella because it has the same smell, but mm. citronella actually comes from lemongrass. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But just in case you wanted to know that. Right. And what else have we got for kids to do in the garden? For kids, well, all the school holidays are over. So okay. now it's just sit down at your books and start studying. You know, okay. when the jacaranda plants are full, in full bloom, if you haven't started studying now, it's a bit late. So that is our challenge. <laughs> right, no, ki- no kids' activities. Sorry, make them study. Get that whip out and keep them in the garden, out of the garden. Oops, okay. No, no, go and study in the garden. Go study in the garden. That Listen was, to the bird song. Yeah, that was one of my favorite times. My mom used to take us to Emerenta Dam, and we used to take our books and go and sit there and study art and nature instead of studying at our desks. And it was one of my best memories ever. So find a little nook or cranny in the garden at this time of the year when things are a little bit hectic and you can have a little bit of peace and, like you say, listen to the birds and the bees. I think I'll go and put some cushions out in the front garden for my children to go and rest on and learn there. Mm. What do you think, Mike? I think it's a great place to, uh, you know, we did a lot of work in gardens and whatnot and uh, I get distracted when I'm in a garden. You have to take me out of gardens to actually get me to concentrate. That is a problem with Mm. a lot of us, Mm. but maybe it'll work for kids who are not that distractible. Yeah, or maybe they don't appreciate plants yet. So they're, yes. yeah, as you say, not yeah. distractible and will enjoy them. I can't believe it's already come to that time where we're already <gasps> wow. done. Can you believe it? But I mean, of course, uh, if people want to get the latest hints and tips for any month of the year, of course, they mm. just need to go along to lifeisagarden.co.za. Yes. And they can get all the wonderful hints and tips and projects for kids to do. Yes. And Lots how to fun. look after plants. Lots of fun. Kerry, always a pleasure. Thank <gasps> you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we'll catch you again next month. Yes, All for right. sure. <laughs> and don't forget, you can carry on listening to Grounded wherever you are. So don't miss out on the podcasts and repeats. And just above all, stay grounded. Bye-bye. For show notes and more information about this episode, go to solidgoldstudios.co.za forward slash grounded. Grounded.